lights down Hand over my crown Hand over my heart I do this for my town I do this for my crowd So turn me up real loud My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of MGR Unplugged. David, how are you today? I'm great. My bestie here, I um, we were just talking last week that uh, when we recorded last, last Thursday, we didn't have the results for the elections yet, and now we kind of have them, kind of. Uh, Trump yes. is still kind of uh, disputing a few things, but hopefully that will be clear uh, pretty soon. Um, but yeah, we have a new president, um, Joe Biden. And uh, he's already starting to form his new uh, team and cabinet and everything ahead of time. So um, how things change in one week, huh? It's been tight. I mean, the election has been very close. It's still, actually, the, the Senate is the only thing that is still under um, scrutiny a little bit. There's two uh, Republican senators that are going to a runoff in Georgia. And that could be a deciding factor more than, like, as you know, more than the president. I do think the remarkable thing that no one expected was that was not necessarily how close it was, but that uh, Trump actually got more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016. As far That's, as total that is popular true, vote. But I think the voter, the, the voting turnout. Right, the voter turnout was higher for was both. Higher, so obviously which, Biden which is got also surprising because people think that it was, people originally thought there was going to be less because of the COVID. People would be afraid of going out. And no, they stuff. made it easy to vote. They made it easier. Obviously, they, they had 100 million votes by mail, which is the big uh, controversy. But, but my point was, like, I think a lot of people thought uh, Trump would get less support this yeah, time, and no. he ended up getting more. Oh, if, when you actually look at the details, and I've been looking at them over the last six, seven days, and listening to a lot of, you know, experts, whatever, it's actually interesting because we were talking briefly last time about the, um, you know, how one size doesn't fit all, and Trump actually got more women voters or votes, more black women votes than last time. Than last not time, not more than Biden. No, 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 more, more than last right, time. Right, 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 right. More Hispanics in general. I mean, from all different countries. So all these minorities, all these things that. By the book, you'll see, okay, people don't like Biden or women don't like women of color don't like Biden and all that stuff. That's not true. I mean, he got a lot of votes. And at the end of the day, he also ended up like four million behind Biden in the uh, popular vote. I don't something know something like that. Number. I think that's what it was at the end. It was like. But they four. were both over 70 million. And no candidate has ever gotten 70 million. Right. And both of them got over 70 million. Right. So, and, and also, you know, talking about. Trump not conceding just yet. Uh, they're doing the recount, um, I think, in Georgia, which... Do you think... When do you think he's going to concede? Well, I, I don't know exactly the deadlines. There's a there's a timeline for these events. And um, I think by December... I well, in December, the electors, the electoral right, college, right. submit. But keep in mind, and this is what I was... Uh, what, I, what I saw the other day, too, that when in 2000, when Gore and Bush were basically had the same situation, even though it wasn't exactly the same. It took Gore like 30-something days to actually basically concede at the end. So, uh, I mean, to, to be honest, Trump has the right to... No, I mean, he has the right. To I'm do just, what he's doing. I mean, people, I mean, Biden I, is moving forward and people say that, okay, this is interrupting the process and all that stuff. He's not working on the transition. But really, Trump has all the right to say, hey, this is very close. We're within 1% in a number of states, the four, uh, uh, the Pennsylvanias, the Georgias and all that. So 
uh, Arizona included. And then he says he, he has the right to do a recount. Specifically, what he's complaining is that there are so many illegal votes or illegal ballots, basically. So, I mean, is he doing what he's supposed to do? Yeah, I mean, he has the right to do it. Now, at some point, uh, uh, people are moving on, you know, so so it's, it's interesting how all this is dragging. But I think the main issue is the Senate. The Senate is where uh, yeah. we don't want the uh, and that's and that's I think what I what I think the American people voted for. They said, okay, we dislike Trump for a number of reasons, but we also don't want Biden to or the Democrats to just take take over everything because we don't like that. They they don't like the extreme left and and, and anything that is too socialist, to be honest. So they, I, I guarantee a lot of people basically voted for Biden, but then when it went down to the uh, Senate and congressmen and everything, or, 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 or the House, they actually voted Republican. And that's the reason why Republicans actually gained about 10 seats, I think, now in the House. So, um, yeah, I mean, but the Senate right now, I think it is 49-48 for Republicans, and uh, there's two that are still going to a runoff, which is like a playoff for Georgia. And interestingly, Georgia is only actually the only state that has that. As you have a 50% majority, it goes to a runoff, which is in January. I think January 5th, uh, beginning of January, before the uh, inaugural event. And um, so we'll see what happens there. And Kamala Harris actually has the, the uh, tiebreaker. So at the end of 50-50, yeah, 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 yeah. she has that. So right. that would be if she, if she, Yeah, as the vice president. Yeah. Uh, and former senator, too. So, Well, no, 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 no. As vice president, you're the head of the Senate. Mm-hmm. So you're the, 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 what do they call it? The, uh, they call I'm, it the tiebreaker. I'm blanking. Um, but anyways, yeah, the vice president, like, they don't have, like, in, in the Speaker of the House. Right. In the House, in right. the Senate, it's if it's 50-50, the vice president mm-hmm. makes the difference. Makes the difference, so. right. So, which is basically Kamala. So, um, all that so is... really, the Democrats don't need 51 Senate seats. They just need 50, because then Kamala can be the difference. Is it Kamala or Kamala? Kamala. I, I heard it both ways. Kamala. I heard it in many ways. I don't know I what their Kamala. answer is. Kamala. Kamala. Okay. Kamala Harris. I know. Um... So that's where we are right now. It doesn't matter. She'll throw you in jail anyways. It doesn't matter. K. K KH. No? (laughs) Vice President Harris. There you go. You can't go wrong. Vice President Harris. Okay. Vice President elect Harris. That's a mouthful. That's a lot. She's married, right? Yes. I think so. Okay. No, I I didn't. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she had husband or something going to the. uh... All right. So, anyways, that's for the uh, that's for the elections. Any other uh, comments or anything? Nope. Done with politics. Okay. I, I already went. I temporarily for the week of the election, I unmuted all my political words on Twitter, uh-huh. and now uh, a couple of days ago, I remuted them all again. So my Twitter feed is back politics free, and it will remain that way hopefully for years to come. That is the goal. Yeah. Well, that's going to be tough because everything is uh, connected to politics these days, but. Um, Speaking of, um, I wanted to transition to the holidays now, which is a little more optimistic in theory. We'll see what happens. But we're over Thanksgiving with around the corner, basically two weeks, I think, for us. So we're now looking to uh, Thanksgiving holidays, which leads to, to uh, the holiday season in the U.S., which goes all the way to Christmas, New Year's. And then elections is over now. Obviously, we, we have this thing dragging that we discussed. But um, so it's time to get ready for um, the holiday season with all the repercussions of that. So we had travel involved. A lot of families are planning or they were hoping to be able to travel, even though now that's kind of, 
in, in question. And then we have all the uh, e-commerce, which is what affects us more as far as how companies are starting to make plans on the fly, really. I mean, there's really not much you can do these days to plan for the holiday season because you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Mm, you can, I mean, you, you can plan, but I think it's more planning like planning to be able to pivot fast uh, depending on the situation on, on each state, basically, because we don't know exactly what's going to happen. So um, one of the things that, um, you know, uh, when you read these days, and it's, it's kind of frustrating because now we're talking about a second wave. I mean, we'll be talking about a second wave forever. I don't even know if we're a second, third or fourth wave or what. But uh, um, in the U.S. now we're having record cases every day. Cases, obviously, is not the same as... as uh, deaths or whatever, but we're right now we're over 110, 120 cases almost daily. Texas just passed one million, which is the highest state uh, by cases in the country. So, and now Biden's new head of COVID response, uh, Doctor, have his name is Michael Osterholm. I think um, he is already saying that he thinks the best solution would be like a four to six weeks, four to six week lockdown for for the U.S. Which obviously that's just a headline. I don't know the details. Uh, obviously, Biden is not even president yet, so that not, nothing is going to happen until way past January. But um, that's the perspective we're looking at now. So. I don't really know if you ask me what to predict or my projections for the holiday season. I don't really know how people are going to feel about going shopping or not, or what restrictions they're going to have and how that's going to work. Uh, well, you know, Biden's not present yet. So if there's a lockdown, it'll be in January, February, whenever he actually becomes president. You know, the tough thing with the lockdown, though, is... Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen because, you know, the president can't really, unless he declares like martial law or something, right. which isn't out of the question. I'm not saying he wouldn't do that, but that's something that Trump never did, that he never went all the way to declaring martial law, which in that case, then he just, you know, when you declare martial law, you basically become dictator in chief type of thing. I mean, you, you, you just say, I'm going to run the country and which I'm going to override the states. Right. And you have to listen to me. In the, the meantime, the governors of each state have the ultimate decision on whether they right. want to lock so down if, their states if he or doesn't, not. If Biden doesn't do that, and then it just says, okay, we're recommending a lockdown, then it's up to the states. And if a state governor says, yeah, we're not doing that, then right. they're not doing it. I mean, it's so, I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea. I, I hope he doesn't declare martial law. I mean, that would be, I, I hope that doesn't happen. I wouldn't rule it out though. Um, yeah, but if he doesn't do that and they just say, oh, we recommend it, I mean, I think a lot you, of states are you, not going to listen. What we've seen, and I don't, I mean, you know, it is what it is, but at the same time, we're seeing in Europe that they had very strict lockdowns in many countries. And yeah, they controlled the cases back in the first wave, back into in April, May, or so forth. And then they opened up another enforcing second lockdowns because. Really, the lockdown works when you're locked down. But when you open up again, the cases start increasing. They are already going through deep into the second wave where, you know, countries like Spain, France, uh, UK, Germany, Italy, I mean, all the top countries there are having between 30, 40,000 cases per day, sometimes 50, 
which for them is a lot, considering that those countries have like 40, 50, 60 million population. So, you know, what that proves to me is that, yeah, when you lock down people, yeah, of course you have reduced cases, but you don't, you're controlling it during the lockdown, but that cannot last forever. Therefore, the moment you open up again, things happen again. So you don't eradicate COVID, you basically just lock it down or reduce it for the time that you're locked down, which is what happened here in certain states when you lock down people like New York, California. Had, um, so uh, now it's just kind of evolving, but I think the mortality rate has decreased quite a bit. We have a vaccine in the horizon if Pfizer um, you know, um, numbers are correct and other companies as well. And then we have better treatments now that we know are working. So, I mean, President Trump was there for a weekend and he recovered. And so other people that we know also recovered. Other people have minor symptoms. So COVID is here to stay, but the severity of the cases is not that bad. Not to underestimate it or anything or undermine it, but it's, at the same time, it's like, okay, well, we cannot stop our lives, you know, or our productivity and everything just because of COVID. So... I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I, I just think that a lockdown is not a long-term solution. It's just a putting a band-aid saying, oh, yeah, look, the 120,000 cases now went down to 20. No shit. We are all in our houses. But that's not how you make a living. The moment you open up again, you're going to go back to the cases again. Are we going to lock down again? Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they, he said, which I think is a stupid comparison. He said, you know, like New Zealand did it well. And it's like, yeah, maybe New Zealand did do it well. But, you know, New Zealand is a country with, what, one uh, 30th the population in the United... How many people live in New Zealand? Like less than 10 million, right? Yeah, I mean, Australia is the same thing. They're so spread out. And But also, you know, and they're an island nation. They're very isolated. You know, the, the thing with the U.S. is we're like, first of all, we're 340 million people and we're a hub for the world. So if you're going to do the lockdown, that means that travel restrictions are going to be here for indefinitely for like, I mean, at least a, another year. If you're going to do a lockdown, because the only way a lockdown works is, yeah, okay, so you do it for six weeks, like he's saying. And then if it's a real lockdown for six weeks, then you basically eradicate a lot of the cases. You don't let the people who have it spread it to others. And then it kind of the disease just goes away a little bit, basically. Um, but and so then when you reopen things, people within the country can engage and not have a risk of spreading the disease. But if people from outside the country are still coming in with the disease, then that lockdown is kind of useless. But if you do the lockdown and isolate, then it can work. But that would mean, I mean, we're going to be not traveling and not because because it even gets complicated of even if you have travel restrictions for leisure and even business travel you still have uh, uh, importing of goods and all these things and you know there are people on those ships and planes and all that too so it, you can't in a country like the united states you can't shut down the borders forever i mean it's just not really possible we're mm. not new zealand okay so I think that's a bad comparison. I think the solution is quite simple. It's been said for months and months and months and months and months. You need to have 
rapid, cheap, affordable testing everywhere constantly. Right. So that if you basically go somewhere, like for example, like I, I, I would guess that like the NBA, when they come back, are going to do this when they start having fans in the stadiums. You go to the stadium, you get a test. If you're positive, sorry, you can't come in. If you're negative, yeah, yeah. Welcome. I mean, most of the right? sports that travel a lot, like like in in racing. No, 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 no. I don't mean for the players. I mean for the fans. Oh, for the fans. Yeah. 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 And just have that pretty much everywhere. And so you're just well, getting tested all the time. Why you say that? Because, because if you get tested <clears throat> and you have it, then you just stay home. And then, you know, you ride out the, the virus and then you're good to go. And so yeah. you don't let people into crowded areas with the virus. And then on top of that, you isolate the high risk. So if people who are elderly, people who have immune, uh, weak immune systems, whatever, they can be isolated. And the people who know that they're at risk know that they're at risk and they can self-isolate. But then, and then if you have rapid testing for the rest of the people, the normal, you know, people who probably, even if they get sick, are probably going to be okay. Maybe they'll be bedridden for a few days, like uh, any other kind of sickness aren't going to, they aren't going to die and aren't going to go to the hospital, right? Like the big risk is obviously death is the worst, but then the hospitalization you also don't want because you don't want overrun hospitals. Mm -hmm. But if you just have mass testing and you isolate the people who are at risk, uh, I think that's the best well, option. And it allows you to open the economy. I mean, fuck, I, I like, think so too. Like, think about it. How much is, would it cost to 10x the amount of testing we do daily in this country? In the it would be in the billions, but you know what that cost is versus closing the economy. Well, but of that's trillions. exactly that's a great point because I mean we spend trillions in stimulus. Just take if, if I mean if we just say listen <clears throat> instead of spending a trillion dollars on stimulus, we're gonna spend I don't know how much the testing costs, but fifty billion I'm sure would cover. Well, they're, everybody they're in the country for like, a year, like a, bi a billion vaccines. So, if you if you yeah. want to do instead of a trillion dollar, multi trillion dollar stimulus, you spend fifty billion on testing for every state, me, everybody in the country. Let me read you that a would quote. Solve it. Let me read you a quote, and this is actually from Dr. Michael Osterholm, the uh, uh, Biden's COVID advisor. He said, and this is his quote. We could pay for a package right now yeah, that's to cover crazy. all the wages, that's crazy. lost wages for individual workers, for losses to small businesses, to medium-sized companies, or city, state, county governments. We could do all that, he said. Right. He says, if we did hey, that, let's just print. then we could lock down for four to six weeks. Right. I'm like He's just saying, let's just print a few trillion more dollars. I, I know. I mean, I'm not saying, who, who is we? And we could cover, who is we? Are you talking on behalf of the government? Where's the government get the money from? Because last last thing I know, the government gets money from from tax revenues or and, printing. Uh, yeah, of course. Which the, is the, the, which the legal is the, way, the, the silent taxes. The, yeah, it. exactly. The legal ways from tax revenues. They not fair way is just uh, printing money. I can print money out of here too if I need to, but that wouldn't be legal. But the government can do it with no backing or anything. So if they can cover this, just like you said, they can just print money and say, we're going to pay everybody for to stay home for six weeks, companies, individuals, whatever. Not to mention that it's not about paying paying people and sending people a thousand dollar check or whatever. I mean, yeah, that, that, that will help for, you know, a month or whatever or a couple of weeks. But People need to work and companies need to survive. If those companies die because they don't have businesses, they already have been like shut down for months. At restaurants, movie theaters, hotels. I mean, everybody that is in, in pretty much in any industry, but especially in the service industry, has been beat to death over the last eight months. Worst they're going to do for the employee that is staying home and yeah, receives a $1,200 check, but then their job is done. The company doesn't even exist anymore. 
I mean, when people make those comments to me, it's like, are you fucking brain dead or something? I mean, how do you, <laughs> what do you mean you could cover all these things? And then to your point, so you cover all this money for people, companies, small business, city, governments, you pay for everything. If they want but, to cover something, what they should cover, do is cover the, the cost of tests and just say every small business in America, here's 10,000 tests. So if you're a restaurant, here's a big box, 10,000 tests in it. There you go. That's what you can pay well, for. Well, exactly. I mean, it's just like, uh, go, do it for travelers. Okay, you're going to travel. Right. Fine. Just go to the airport, just like you do a security check. Go get a test 24 hours before you travel. And then the, in, the, in the destination, they'll probably do another test. In, in Europe, they just decided now that, I just read this morning, in fact, that Spain is thinking about doing uh, PCR tests for, con for travelers that come from countries that are at high risk. That list of countries is already always being updated. Sometimes they include one country because they, they, their cases increase. Sometimes they drop the country because they're under control. I think they should do it for every country. I don't know why they have a limited list. Well, I mean, if, if, if you come from a country where they sit like, like New Zealand, like we okay, said, like I they guess. say, okay, you know. But most countries have COVID cases. Well, I don't know, I know. there's that many that don't have it. I know. So this should be standard, but it's a, it's a fairly quick test. You go to the airport, you're going to be tested, just like I check your passport and everything else. You go to a test, they do the PCR test. Hopefully, they give you results in 15, 20 minutes later on, and then you move on. If you are positive, then sorry, you need to go somewhere else or isolation, and that's how you don't risk. If you're fine, you're fine. You enter the country. The same thing for, I mean, we could do it in, for the U.S. into interstate traveling or whatever, you know. But massive testing is the key. And obviously, the vaccine will be more of a um, long-term solution. We're, gonna, we're coming with a vaccine now that Pfizer says 90% accurate. Okay, whatever that means, I don't think people know, but that's fine. And then now they say that it might be ready by the end of the year, beginning of next year, whatever. But it's a two-step vaccine to you go one time and then I think a week later or two weeks later you go for a booster or something. So it'll take time for that to be implemented and be effective. Then the other factor is how many people are willing to take the vaccine. According to surveys, only 40% of the people said that they will be willing to volunteer for the vaccine. Um, yeah. Okay, that's fine. So the 40% people, but... I think the testing plus vaccine and putting the efforts and the money towards that is much better than saying we're going to lock down the country. That doesn't work. That didn't work before. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to, I think, the, fundament, the fundamental misunderstanding that people think that the economy is run on income, I guess you could say, on salaries, but it's not. You get a salary, you make money because you're creating value. It's some productivity, yeah. It's based on value creation, productivity, whatever word you want to use for it. I like value creation because it's very tangible. But if there's no, if you lock down the country for six weeks and there's no value being created, then the economy is not running, right? You, just because you send people checks doesn't mean that, that the economy is healthy. So when you say we can afford it, I don't know what that means. First of all, we, I mean, we can afford it is very, very subjective. I mean, by whose standards can we afford it, right? We have 20-something trillion in debt. We have hyperinflation coming very soon. If, if it's not already here, I think it's already here. But that's besides the point. Uh, you, if you shut down the economy, you're, what you're really saying is we're going to shut down value creation for six weeks and we're going to send people dollars instead. But that doesn't mean anything, right? Because if there's no value being created, 
then there's no value being created. And that is the economy. The economy is people creating value for others. Sorry. But we're seeing, uh, and, and that's the thing, I mean, we're seeing how many companies have gone bankrupt in the last eight months. I mean, the list is incredible. Companies from, from retailers to restaurants to um, independent hotels, some of the hotels are shutting down. Uh, it, there's a number of companies that are just not able to survive. Movie theaters are now, AMC just said, we don't know how much we're going to survive. They were hoping that they would survive a little bit when they reopened a little bit and they had a couple of movie releases, but that didn't work out. I mean, you and I went to a movies a couple of times and it was Not empty. once. Oh, well, once, yeah. I went once, yeah. Yeah, yeah, same with me. And uh, so so movie theaters are now saying, okay, we cannot be not yeah, making well, money. Tenet didn't fail, but it didn't do as well as people thought. And well, so yeah. because of oh, okay. that, all the, all the movie companies, all the, all the studios exactly. said, one of, the, no. one of the heaviest seasons for movie releases is the holiday season. Guess what? There's nothing coming out this weekend, this, this holidays. No. I was actually looking. I said, okay, I wonder what movies are coming out this holidays. First of all, the movie industry has been dead for, for a while. They haven't been able to shoot anything decent. Well, they're shooting now. They are starting to shoot now, yeah. yeah. But like, what they're shooting now is going to be released way down the road. Right. But for the last eight months, they couldn't shoot anywhere anything. Because before, they used to go to Canada or, or British Columbia, blah, blah, blah. And, and they haven't shot anything. You know, and I know the major releases keep being postponed. So now we don't even have a holiday season with movies that are coming. They have releases on Netflix and all that stuff, everything that is streaming media, but nothing in the movie theaters. Movie theaters are going to die. Their Black Friday or the holiday season is over. They don't have anything to show. Are those guys going to be happy receiving a money, money from the government? What bailout? You know, so uh, just just two, three days ago when Pfizer announced the uh, the vaccine, all of a sudden, the stock market went up like a thousand. It went up as much as seventeen hundred points in the Dow for one day, and then it tapered down to about a nine hundred. But guess what went up? People started being optimistic, buying airline stocks, hotel stocks, everything. And at the same time, all the tech stocks, like the uh, the nest, the all the work away from home or live away from uh, work away from or. or work from home basically or entertain yourself at home and everything else like all the Netflix all the Zooms and all that stuff went down because people say okay now we're back to the original Well did you see that um, Amazon reported their numbers and they made an extra billion dollars in profit because they saved so much on travel Right I think that's the case for a lot of companies like that and uh, like McKinsey reported mm-hmm. the consulting firm and they said that they I think they increased margins by 10 or 15 percent or something like that. Right. Because they didn't have to have all their consultants and, tra- and right. salespeople traveling. Right. I don't think a lot of that's going to come back. I no. think people are going to get used to Zoom and some of it will come back. But people are going to say, hmm, you know, we spend uh, whatever, a hundred million dollars a quarter on salespeople traveling. Can we do 50 instead? I think so. Yeah, not only that. It, uh, I mean, the, the frequent uh, business traveler individual guy will still probably go, you know, doing uh, sales trips and things like that. But the group travel, like like the typical... No, but even uh, the salespeople, I mean... Yeah, I mean, obviously they'll do a lot of Zoom. But listen, some, some it, the times- sa- if you're a salesperson, obviously, if it's, if it's, you know, for a big contract or something, it's worth it. Right. But I don't know if it's necessary. No, I mean, necessarily, no. You can do everything now over the phone or Zoom or something. But there's always something about the personal contact and being in person with the person you're closing the deal with. But the corporate travel, as we 
as we do like meetings and events and things like that, where the company has a kickoff meeting for the year that bring 400 employees to a place. And we, in Arizona, we see that all the time. All the resorts here in the, at this time of the year when the weather is nice, uh, they're full of bookings for, I mean, they have meeting rooms for 10,000. I mean, that's the, we have more meetings and convention rooms here than anywhere in the nation. And, uh, and that's where people come here in the winter times to have their kickoff meetings for the year. Uh, they bring 500, 600, 700. That's not going to happen. First of all, social distance. Secondly, travel and all stuff. That's how they're saving all the money because they have all these corporate outings and they mix it with golf and spa for the ladies and blah, 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 and all that stuff and not happening. So that's one thing that, as you said, I'm not sure if it's going to happen in the future at least right away. Uh, Vegas is completely dead right now. I mean, there's nothing going on there. There's all this. I don't even know if um, usually the um, CES is at the beginning of the year. I have no idea if that's going to happen. Uh, maybe they're already canceled. I haven't Probably looked. Um, the electronic show, um, and then they have all the shows there. I mean, the NAB, the SEMA show for all the automotive companies. So anyways, what should we do? I think testing, uh, mass testing, and isolating if you're at risk. Right. So back to uh, the, the, the beginning of this uh, question was more the holiday season. So for the consumer, I'm, I'm not sure exactly if consumers are going to feel... If you asked me a month ago, we're thinking, oh, yeah, people are going back to shopping and you start seeing, I mean, you see traffic down the street. Some stores are getting some limited traffic as far as the amount of people that they can allow inside the stores. But people are going to the stores that like to, the feeling of going shopping. Uh, but now with this second wave where we're getting worse and people and, and they all started talking about lockdowns and, and restrictions again and all that uh in new york they're shutting down again uh restaurants and gyms and all that stuff that they opened just a month ago i don't know what projections people will have as far as shopping i mean i think for thanksgiving travel it's going to be limited and then obviously we have all the cyber everything this year everything is going to be online but from here to the holidays um I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I don't know if I would say, yeah, holiday season is going to be busy as far as shopping. or Retail? No. Retail shopping, E-commerce yes. will be huge, but not, not retail. Well, that's the thing. that That's why we're saying that companies need to be very, very alert and see how much they can shift towards e-commerce versus the oh, on-site. I mean, I think every company is already all in on e-commerce. You don't have a choice now. E-commerce used, e used to be optional. Now you don't have a choice if you're a retailer. <sighs> Yes, I mean I know you don't have a choice, and and but some companies don't have an option. <laughs> That's the problem. For well, them. <laughs> yeah, those companies who decided, who who never invested in ecom, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Right, right. That was stupid. Yeah, you, I mean, pandemic or not, you probably should have been investing in it. Now you definitely got fucked. You know that's business. How about um? How about restaurants? What do you think? Um, I mean, most of them. I don't know. Doing... I mean, I I've been going to restaurants lately. They seem pretty full. Uh, even the, That's I mean, we're, because we're, we're pretty we, fortunate. We here live in Arizona, in Arizona right. so it might be different here. I don't know exactly what it's like in other states. In Arizona, we have indoor restaurants, cafes, things like that. Uh, it's full. I went to one the other day. I actually went to a bar the other day, and it was full inside, and people were not wearing masks. So I don't know. Yeah, this thing about going to any restaurant, and they say you need to wear a mask when you're walking around into a restaurant, out to go to a restaurant, whatever. But then when you're sitting at your table and eating, obviously you need to take your mask off. That's what you're doing. And right, right. The whole norm, the whole rule is so fucking stupid. But the, the social distancing and limiting stuff, 
I, I'm not sure if they were violating or if the state just doesn't care in Arizona because, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, people were shoulder to shoulder in there and, and right. not wearing masks. Basically. In, in theory, you, if you have a drink, you don't have to wear a mask, basically. Right. In theory, when you're in a group with either family or nucleus with friends or something, you those you basically can forgo the social distance you with your buddies. But between your group and somebody else's group there's going to be social distance. And we saw that. You and I went to a comedy club and we saw that, that there were people sitting side by side. I mean, the comedy club was like, not 50%. It was probably, what, 75, 80%? Probably 80%, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was pretty full. And the social distance was, I mean, less than between you and I, between, between strangers. I mean, I was, we were sitting with, you had a person, like an empty seat and another person next to you. And then by the time you lean right. back or forward, you were basically next to that, and then there were, and that's with the distance. There were other groups that were groups of people, friends or families or whatever, that they were side by side. I mean, there was like a bunch of 10, 12 people that were like just next to each other. So, and this is an enclosed place, dark at night, comedy club, whatever. So, I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, they put the sign on the door, they feel good, they comply with the law, and then it's like, fuck it, they leave it up to the consumer to decide whether they want to go out or not. You go out, it's like, okay, go out at your own risk. You want to stay home, stay home. That's fine. And that's the way it should be. I mean, should, people should have the right to decide what to do, you know? So, um, yeah. Uh, there's two sides to the argument. Yeah, I there's know. There's that side, and then the other side is, well, it's you going out isn't just affecting you. Even if you want to take the risk, you're obviously risking spreading it to but, other people. again, we both agree that the testing, I mean, I'll yeah, be perfectly I, I just, fine. I just think it's mass testing. I mean, that's really the answer. Yes. So you want to go to a crowded bar, you get tested before you go in. If you're positive, sorry, you can't go in. Right. It's very simple. Any public location. I mean, you go there and you do a test. I mean, Listen, the, test is, the, the NBA test? did their famous bubble and they got a lot of praise for it and it worked. They didn't have in, in how many weeks were they there? Six or eight weeks mm -hmm. or whatever with, I mean, a thousand plus people on that campus going in and out. And it worked. Not a single case in the whole eight weeks or however long it was. And, and don't you think and now... And you know how they did it? They tested every day. Everybody got a daily test. And that was it. And you well, get a daily test, and that's all it takes. And we're seeing now how some sporting events are starting to allow spectators to attend. Uh, yeah. f you know, football, professional football is one of the... You see some stadiums where they have a, oh, a yeah, certain audience. Texas, I mean, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, Texas is very open. Arizona had like a few people, uh, four or 5,000 people, I think, at the stadium last weekend. Uh, college is incredible. I don't understand that. Yeah, I've seen some college games. I, I think University of Texas... I saw a game and it was like the stadium was full. Like yeah, they, but what happened last weekend with the Notre Dame game? Was it that one? Where yeah, all yeah, the yeah. Fans yeah, because the they won and they stormed the field or something. What the fuck was that? And then what happened with the Biden um, celebrations when right, he of course. gave the speech? Of I mean, are we having? Uh, nobody's saying that now. Nobody's saying that. Oh, we're having 120,000 cases. Well, how many of those came from all these multi-city celebrations where people gathering together and celebrating? I'm all for celebrating. And, and if they want to go out and celebrate, more power to them. But at the same time, it's like, guys, don't be hypocritical. I mean, we were saying that before when Bush was, I mean, when, when Trump was having some rallies or whatever, and now that is for Biden, all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's so nice. Look at those people. You know, it's like, what the fuck? It's just, I mean, it's a lot of, that's what I'm saying, that everything is so political, that I like to separate the, the pure... Um, scientific part from the political part and then say okay yeah we have a pandemic that is going on we kind of know more now obviously that we did 
eight months ago. So let's just have more testing. We have more testing that is more widespread. Instead of spending money, it's very simple. Listen, there are, there are more cases now because people are going back out again. Right. And obviously, we're exactly. testing a lot. Exactly. But at the same time, uh, treatments are much better. So the death rate is much lower than it was back in May. Way, so even though lower. we have way more cases, we actually have fewer deaths than back in May. But that doesn't mean that the cases aren't still going up. And obviously, if people go out, and especially like these days, people have like Halloween parties, going to football games, whatever. Obviously, people are going to spread it. And it's winter. So, now we're getting into the yeah, and winter now you get into winter. where you so, add up all the other flus and colds and everything else that people have normally in the winter. But, but I just think, you know, listen, the truth is, if you're, you know, I don't know, under 40, under 50, your odds of dying very, very, very slim. And we have better treatments now. And so I think, especially if you're like under 40, uh, I think shutting the whole economy down, especially for that group, is stupid. Because the odds of those people dying is incredibly low. Um, and you're hurting the economy, you know? And, I think I think companies... And I think that we have better treatments now. Um, and like I said, if you just do mass testing, then you can just say, hey, no, you can't go out tonight because you just tested positive go home and isolate you know and that's it i mean i think it's not that complicated and, and you and you see now pretty much every day some person that is pseudo famous or important role or something that oh this person uh cannot do this because they tested positive so they're going to be self-isolating they're feeling good Listen, but just i home. personally know multiple people who are now they're all young in their 20s so it's anecdotal but i know multiple people who've gotten it and some of them said they had no symptoms at all. The only thing was the uh, the smell taste mm -hmm. that they lost their smell and taste, but they didn't get sick at all, basically. Yeah. And then of the people who got sick, you know, it was like a cold. They were like, "Yeah, I was sick for like two days, and then I was fine." Right. And these are young people in their twenties, and I know multiple people. And okay, you know, listen. I mean, people get flus every year, and I'm not saying COVID is the same as Which, flu. COVID is more severe than flu, but for young people, it's like you know, I got the flu actually in like February this year. And yeah, I was sick for two days. Then I was fine. You know, I was in bed for Which two days. Which ironically, the number of flu cases so far this year is like way, way down. Oh yeah, so because obviously the flu uh, spreads in the same way. So if you if you're isolating and wearing masks exactly, and all that, it's going to exactly. stop the, or all the <clears throat> maybe some people that had the flu ended up being diagnosed as COVID because it's another political thing to be diagnosed as COVID for benefits for hospitals and things like that. But anyways, I think the conclusion that we both agree on is that I definitely am all into more testing as effective and rapid as possible. So you don't have, a, I mean, airport testing, uh, any public event testing, restaurants, whatever, or even uh, people just, I mean, you can go to a drive-thru and then get tested and then get results, obviously, on a couple of days or something if you are not in a hurry. But I mean, this, you have this rapid testing. I mean, this, the, 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 the faster the test, obviously, the less accurate it is. The saliva test is good, but it's not as accurate as the uh, uh, antigen. Right, but that's why you do mass testing. Right. Because if you, yes, if you have a, a less accurate test, but you're doing it constantly everywhere. It right. Negates it. Right. Exactly. So massive okay. testing for me. The whole point is, you, it's like a very simple thing. We've been talking about it forever since the beginning of the pandemic. How do you balance the safety of, of, of restricting the virus as much as possible with not destroying the economy? And my solution is, hey, if you want to do stimulus, 
instead of spending trillions trying to make up for lost wages, why don't you spend way less than trillions, tens of billions, sure, 100 billion. I'd rather spend 100 billion on a, I don't know how many tests you can get with $100 billion, a lot. And then have tests for, for the next six months, every day, everybody can get tested whenever they wanna go out. And that's way less money than the trillions they're talking about spending. And guess what? You keep the economy open, and fewer people are going to get sick and fewer people are going to die if you do this. So like, that's the answer. And I think, I think, I mean, I don't know if you feel like that's too much, but um, like, you know, come the holidays, we see at least here all the time, this test for people that are drinking and driving. And you have this random test where, you know, there's police uh, in front of bars or whatever. I don't think that's necessary. I, I just mean, think but you can I do just, it when you leave the state or something. I, I don't you can have a random test. to do like, like when they have like the, uh, you know, the sheriff stop people and get tested for alcohol. Alcohol. First yeah. of all, this, it's not always legal. You can say no. They you, they don't have a right to do that. But anyways, uh, that's not the point. The point is, if anybody knows, if they do those stops, you can just say, no, I don't want to be taken. And they, they can't make I don't you. know the law, the law for that. They, but they I can't think if you, you deny it, they can pull you over. They can. No, no, not at the stops. They're just trying to get people to do it. Most people don't know, but you, you don't have to do it. You okay. can say no. They have to have a reason to pull you over. And so if they're just having a scheduled stop, uh, they don't have any right to do it. So you can say no. Now, they might be upset with you, but, you know, they don't they can't do anything. Anyways, that's not necessary. It's just the place where it spreads is when you're in crowded environments, right? If you're just walking past somebody on the street, outside, probably not going to get it, right? The, the spread is very low. It's in the what they call the... Um, Enclosed, uh, nothing, yeah, the enclosed, but also the uh, where you have a high viral load, right? Mm -hmm. That's what they said. And so, places where you have a high viral load is if in your, you're in a compact area with someone with it for a long time, yeah. So, anytime you want to go to, if you want to go to a bar, you want to go to a restaurant, you want to go to a football game, whatever, get tested. That's it's so very what, simple. Just to close this topic, what is your impression on the uh, on the Pfizer uh, vaccine announcement? I don't know. I'm not a vaccine expert. I've seen some people say, "Oh, this is great." Other people say, mm, "That doesn't seem that good." The 90 percent. I don't know what that means. Is it 90 percent? Because because they were saying it. It. What, what was the 90 percent? What is that? Well, originally the they said. Originally they said that uh, the first vaccines were going to be like 50, 60 percent efficient, and that's when people said, "Well, what does you that know, mean?" Well. <clears throat> I'm, uh, I mean, I'm not an immunologist. Because the way I <clears throat> saw it interpreted, and I have no idea if this is correct, was that basically 90% of the people who got the vaccine did not get COVID, meaning only 10% did. Mm. But how did they test that? So how were they exposing people to COVID? No, what basically the, the efficiency, as far as I've read, is that when you take the vaccine, 90% of the people show the um, immunity to the virus, basically. Whereas 10%, it didn't affect them. It didn't do anything. It's not, it's like is the, that what it meant? Basically, yeah. Like you, it's, you the said, same, okay. it's the same as the flu vaccines. I mean, you take the flu shot, I know that, I mean, you still sometimes get the flu. It could be because of the different strain or different type of flu or something, but not everybody takes a flu shot, basically ends up not getting the flu. So um, you develop this antibody for the virus, but 10% of the people or whatever from their test study did not show that the vaccine had worked for them, that they were still exposed, basically, despite taking the vaccine. So that's what it is, which in the beginning they said, 
we'll be lucky we had a vaccine that was like I was reading Dr. Fauci and all that stuff. They said, okay, in the beginning they were aiming for like 56% efficiency. And now these guys over in Pfizer came with 90%. And they actually said that it was probably higher than 90%. They were trying to be conservative. The timing of the announcement is also kind of tricky. Um, yeah, that's another conversation, how it came just two days after Biden was declared yeah. the winner. Uh, but I, won't, I don't want to get back into the election issue, but yeah, that was actually tricky how these big companies decide, because this is not something that they just discover Eureka, oh, now we found this thing. Yeah, I mean, they have the press releases being worked on and the statements for weeks, and they already knew it, and they probably, I don't know if they didn't want to affect the election one way or the other, and they say, okay, let's better just wait at the announcement, um, make the announcement after that. So either way, and obviously it's not going to be just Pfizer. I mean, it'll be other companies that are also developing vaccines, not just the U.S., but also all over Europe and China and all that stuff. Russia says that has one that is higher than 90%, of course. Well, they're always trying to... Um, but anyways, um, question is how many people would be willing to take it? I mean, the, the, the CEO of Pfizer said, I'll be the first one in line to take it. Of course, it's your company. But uh, maybe they just inject in water. Who knows? Um, so, <laughs> be sarcastic. Um, anything else on this? Um, so, to, to, to wrap up, obviously, e-commerce will be very strong, um, which kind of leads me to the next um, topic that I wanted to discuss, and that will probably be the second one and last for this, for this podcast. But it's about e-commerce into social commerce. I mean, social media has been on the spotlight a lot lately because of elections and other things. And by the way, Facebook just said that they're going to ban all political ads and all that stuff for another 30 days or anything that's political, given that the fact that we're still making some decisions or counting and all that stuff. Yeah, well, that could they just fix their filtering system? Because yeah. they are banning, not banning, but yeah. turning off a lot of our ads we run for our clients yeah. that have no political affiliation at all. And I'll get a notification. Your ads have been disabled for like some of them were uh, if anybody's familiar with Facebook ads like catalog ads, for example, yeah. where it's literally just pulling from our Shopify catalog uh, and promoting it. And it says uh, your your ads have been flagged for spreading disinformation <laughs> like or like what am I QAnon or something? I'm selling <laughs> we're selling products out of a Shopify store here. And then two hours later, they Wait. turn I get an email turning back. We made a mistake. Yeah, uh, your, pro your ads have been re-enabled. That's been constant. I've been, Thankfully, been we haven't had actual ad accounts been disabled. <clears throat> yeah. But I've seen other yeah. agencies no, I've seen that I too. know have ad accounts disabled. Their they're, filtering system is they're so... Erring, they're erring on the side of extremely cautious and they just ban first and review second yeah. as opposed to their way. Yeah, I didn't realize that, really that a lot of people are putting all their efforts on advertising and selling into an e-commerce store. And when those ads stop running, they, just seem, they, they mean hundreds and thousands of dollars for all of them that are not basically making just because these companies just decided to out of the blue to stop your your flow of advertising so but with that in mind um so we have obviously facebook instagram um and now tiktok is also becoming which is another question mark uh, i was just looking and I don't know what happened to TikTok, uh, banning in the U.S. and all that. We, it was a big topic about four weeks ago. And then there was the agreement between Oracle and Walmart to buy a portion of uh, the American part of TikTok and the database and all that stuff. And then it was approved by Trump, but it was not approved by the Chinese information, whatever agency. And now they're in limbo. I mean, the, the TikTok guys don't know what's happening. And the deadline is now. I think it was November, mid-November. I think it was November 12th, actually. Maybe tomorrow or today, actually. And uh, 
they don't know where they are. And uh, but aside from that, um, TikTok has their own um, partnership with Shopify. Speaking of, and so I think social commerce now will be more important than ever for companies to get all that weaving taken care of between their e-commerce sites and their social media sites to focus on the social commerce part more than on each of them individually because the more you can boost your e-commerce in general whether it's via social media or your own marketing or some people obviously up to go to amazon and all that stuff the better you will be for the future basically i mean moving forward because as we just discussed i mean online on-site retailing is going to be a very much off and on and non uh steady basically so what, what do you think about uh, uh i'm not so familiar with tiktok as i said before but what do you think of tiktok as a as a new avenue a new channel for sellers to go through shopify given the demographics and the way tiktok operates basically with the it's great I mean, it's, it, yeah, listen, social commerce is, is kind of the buzzword, but it's just basically saying it's a fancy new way of saying uh, using people who lots of people follow, people who have an audience to sell products. This is as old as time. And so whether it's on Instagram or TikTok or wherever, yeah, the only difference of what social commerce is and what the Shopify integration and all that does is it removes friction. That's all it is. So instead of seeing right now or previously, if you see something on TikTok with, oh, here's a product, whatever, and then you're like, oh, I want to buy that. And then you have to close TikTok, go to their website, do whatever, open Safari, whatever, right? And then go and buy it. Now you can have it just be within TikTok integrated and then the product will show up there and you can click and buy. And maybe even if you have your payment info already in TikTok, you can check out within TikTok the whole thing. You know, Facebook is doing the same thing with shops. So um, yeah, even though Facebook has a lot of glitches, I actually tried. They're fully live now, by yeah. the way. They actually, I think yesterday went fully live with it across the board, Instagram, Facebook, everything. Yeah. So now on Instagram, for example, you can check out within Instagram. Right. And I and I did that test with one of our clients and uh, still wasn't quite working. There were a lot of glitches in the middle. That was about two weeks ago. So I'm not sure if now they fixed a few things, but uh, I'm glad they didn't make it live when they announced it like a month ago or whatever, because it was it was buggy. It wasn't really that easy to... Yeah, uh, it looks like they made a big push to be ready for Black yeah. Friday. They were saying, if you have the store already set up and your catalog, there's nothing you need to do. It'll be automatically updated. It's like, mm -mm, that didn't work. You know, I mean, you had to do a lot of manual corrections because it didn't, it didn't quite work. So I'll, I'll check it out. But um, so, but, but I'm more intrigued about TikTok because that's a whole different way of a platform and uh, mostly videos, basically. So uh, does that work with ads that you see on your feed as you're watching videos, you see an ad? Is it a video um, ad? That I you think, yeah, I think it's, so it's going to be ads. And I think, I believe potentially creators can enable products too. So a creator can, if they have a, if they have their own products or if they're working with some brand or something, um, will be able to have like, if you have the video and then at the bottom, it could have like the products yeah. that they're talking about. I believe, I don't think that's going to roll out first. First is just going to be the regular ads, but I think that will come soon too. Mm -hmm. so, so, I mean, again, uh, people are, uh, people are already doing influencer marketing on TikTok. It's just that if you see an ad, now you have to close TikTok and go to the browser and open their website. They're just removing that friction. That's all they're doing. They're just making it so you can buy faster. And then the idea is obviously 
anybody who works in e-com know the more friction you can remove from the buying process, the mm -hmm. higher your conversion rates are going to be. Right, and that's what uh, they, they also try to team up with established e-commerce platforms like Shopify and... Yeah, I mean, Shopify is killing it. They're yeah, partnering they with are everybody. They're partnering with everybody. They have Walmart, they have Facebook, they have obviously Instagram, not TikTok. I mean, they have a lot of different... Uh, uh, and, and to be honest, they, they actually get the shit together because they do it very easily. They, you, oh, yeah. They so easy. connect their catalogs and then, I mean, it's, it's all there. And then it, there's actually more of a problem with the other platform, like admitting some of the products that they're labeled as whatever, you know, conflictive or something, especially some food products but uh or vitamins and things like that but um um for the most part it's a pretty seamless integration which is which is actually a good thing so um all right well that's uh pretty much everything we have for today um spotify actually um i wanted to kind of briefly talk on spotify too because they just acquired megaphone um another podcast network basically which is it a podcast network? Yeah. What podcast do they have? I don't know. Um, it's another podcast company. Is it a platform or a network? It's a platform. Okay. So they don't I, own podcasts? No, they host them. Yeah. They basically okay. acquire them. Okay. And um, they acquire they them for... Them. What do you mean? Well, they basically bought them. For no, 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 no. I meant, what does Megaphone do? Megaphone... Is a um, basically it's another um, podcast advertising uh, platform, and they acquire them for two hundred thirty-five million cash, basically. Which, to be, I mean, honestly, I, I didn't know Spotify has so much cash on hand, you know, to make those kinds of acquisitions. I mean, I yeah, I mean, big company, uh, yes, well funded. Is is well funded, but I mean, as far as I know, they don't have that much in profits just yet. In in net profits, I mean, they're they are, no, but they're well-funded, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But anyways, the, the point is that they keep making acquisitions of uh, all over the place. I mean, not just uh, podcast networks and podcast celebrities, as, as we know with uh, Joe Rogan and, and, and other shows. And now they're also doing advertising platforms and all that. So I think Spotify, and now pretty soon, I think Spotify video podcasts are coming just around the corner. There are already some video, they have some limited video options for selected um podcasters and uh, musicians all that stuff and now um i think they're going to be a big competitor for youtube uh pretty soon um that's my that's my um projection basically but um yeah that's another acquisition there um anything else on um ecom or uh, any other news i think we covered it apple had their little thing oh uh, yeah I don't know exactly what Apple did. I mean, they they had this one more thing or something, one plus the one plus thing. Or one something. more. It's from Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His famous one more thing. One more thing. Yeah. But and I, I mean, it was fine. It's the new chip. It looks like it performs really well for the Mac. The new MacBook Air, thousand bucks, performs well. Cool. I don't really know who cares that much about Macs these but days. To me, than more than that is why did they have to wait and do it like a separate announcement versus doing it with the big announcement that was the big uh, Apple The big event. announcement was just that, hey, we're making our own chips now and look at the performance. Right, but couldn't have that been like like part of the uh, Apple event that we had last month when they announced the iPhone 12s and the, I and yeah, the iPads? Yeah, I think it's very... It's like a steal in the headlines non, one more time. I think it's very non-Steve Jobs-esque because Steve Jobs is not somebody who would ever talk about the... Um, 
performance details of a chip, things like that. Like, yeah, it's very techy. Yeah, like he was not about that. He says consumers, you know, he says consumers don't give a shit about the technology. They want something that works well Seamless and that work. is beautiful, right, right. right? They don't care about uh, the details of your CPU, right? He would never go on stage and talk about that. But anyways, well, it was, uh, it was basically going away from Intel, which probably Intel is not doing very well these days but um yeah i mean they're trying to run more independent and then see how that affects um their bottom line too so um yeah looking at bitcoin right now buddy sixteen thousand, and nobody's talking about it that's the amazing thing it's like last time bitcoin was sixteen thousand. you remember yeah it was like the biggest news everywhere everybody was talking about it and now other than people who own bitcoin i don't hear anybody talking no about but the thing is that you know the market went up uh, Monday or Tuesday with the announcement and it went up like, like I said like a thousand points or so and then it kind of tapered you know today I think it's down 300 so far or something but still it's in good shape uh, but Bitcoin didn't um, for the first time in a, in a few weeks or months it's actually taken off on itself you know like it's not reacting like the market which is what I was kind of wondering before why is Bitcoin mirroring the market reactions up or down up or down or sell off some things like that and now bitcoin is very strong ethereum is strong too it's up to i think bitcoin if listen if people on uh joe biden's thing keep talking about more lockdowns spending even trillions more dollars that's going to help bitcoin go up more too but you would imagine it'll help gold and, and silver and all these other sure, things well, but, but it's not helping that much i mean gold had a big um, again though because remember you're looking at it as a percentage basis but for Bitcoin to move 5% is much less dollar-wise than for right. gold to move 5%. Yeah. So that's why uh, actually Drucken Miller, one of the famous, most famous uh, uh, hedge fund people, he said um, this week that he owns Bitcoin now too. And he, he said it perfectly. He says, I look at Bitcoin as very similar to gold. It just has higher beta which basically means that yeah. it's very similar to gold, but it has the potential to go up a lot more. Right, right. It's a, it's a different kind of hedge. I mean, gold is more the established one, but gold picked at about 1950, I think, or 1950 and changed last week. And then it went down as much as $100 last week, or early this week, and now it's about 1880 or so. So it's kind of back to what it was before any news or anything. So the dollar is getting a little... Um, a little weaker too, so that probably affects these issues. But um, anyways, it's kind of interesting to see how the market is reacting to some of these uh, news announcements and or overreacting in some cases. Like I think the overreaction for the vaccine was too much. But anyways, that's it for today. Um, we'll be back uh, next week with another episode of MGR Unplugged. Um, I think next week is Thursday, and the following week is the, f the following Thursday. I think is Thanksgiving already. It's coming right up. So. We'll see what the schedule brings, but um, until then, um, have a great weekend, everybody, and thank you for watching. Bye-bye.